0: Welcome to Discipleship Conversations, a Mission Alive podcast with Jeremy Hoover and Stephen Karazel.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of Discipleship Conversations. Uh, We are talking today with Bob and Michelle Bentley, who are both on staff at Singing Oaks Church of Christ in Denton, Texas, And uh, there are a couple that I've known for, I say, I think on the conversation, I'll say about 30 years, but it's somewhere between 25 and 30 years, probably closer to 25, maybe 26 years, uh, because of my association with that church as well. Uh, And the conversation that we're having with them today is their journey from what I always heard the story from just living a normal life in Denton as a CPA and a nurse into missions because when I came to that church in 1996, they were on the field in Tanzania and I was always fascinated with their story. And so they tell a little bit about that today of going from uh, their their time uh, as in just regular professions. But what I learned today was that this this heart for missions was something that was implanted in them for a while. And for Michelle really early in her life and just listening to their story about how it has morphed and the how it transpired and the obstacles and the commitment uh, has just been really good to listen to. Jeremy, I, I really enjoyed the conversation and learned some new things from people I've known for a long time and thought I knew the story. Uh, It was really good. What did you hear in the conversation that uh, really stood out to you?
2: Yeah, it was a lot of fun to hear Bob and Michelle talk, especially about their journey towards missions. I knew Bob through a couple of discipleship cohorts, which we'll talk a little bit more about in part two. I didn't know Michelle at all other than what he shared about her when we were together in those DCs. I didn't know a lot of his story. I knew a lot of his, I guess, more recent story from a professional context of working with the church. So it it was fascinating to hear details of that uh, stories, fragments that led them towards missions and the direction that their lives took. I especially enjoyed seeing the way that that Bob made sure to, to include Michelle that he would tell a story and then he would turn to her and ask, but what would you like to add? Or there were a couple of times where he asked her to share first before he had an opportunity to. And I, I think that showed a lot about their relationship and a glimpse into some of the the transformation that they talk about that they've undergone in their preparation for missions And then, again, even with the discipleship cohort. So not only was it a good and and great story that we got, but I thought it was a a great display of uh, kinship that they shared together as well in their marriage. And so I'm excited to share this episode with our listeners. And so we'll just turn it over to the interview.
1: Hello. Today we got Bob and Michelle with us. Bob Bob and Michelle Bentley. And uh, we're talking to them about uh, their, their journey into missions and uh, all kinds of things. Uh, we'll have several different topics. Bob and Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank
2: Thanks. you.
3: Glad to be here.
1: Uh, so just for intros, why don't you tell us just a little bit about who you are right now, and then we'll back up and get into some of the
3: story. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I'm here in uh, Denton, Texas with the Singing Oaks Church of Christ, and I am on staff as the, my technic, my, my title has changed a lot over the years, but uh, my my title is uh, I'm the Go Minister, and uh, so I'm kind of uh, responsible for the going out into the community and to the world for our church.
4: And I am currently working with the college ministry of our church. Um, I am my title is spiritual mentor. And so my goal is really to meet individually with students and have one-on-one conversations about their spiritual growth and um helping them to move through college, not just surviving, but also thriving in their spiritual relationship with God.
1: Well, both of those sound really interesting. And so just a little disclosure, uh, I personally have known Bob and Michelle for uh, about 30 years. I mean, o- almost, somewhere in that that time frame. Uh, I was at Singing Oaks as well back when they, I met them, they were our missionaries uh, to Tanzania, and so uh, I knew them in that kind of uh, context, and when they'd come back and visit and interact with their kids. Uh, they were, I was a youth minister and they would come in and do youth ministry things with us. Right. And mm-hmm. and uh, so we've known each other for a long time and mm-hmm. we overlapped on staff at uh, Singing Oaks for a few years. And Jeremy, you've known Bob for quite a while as
2: well. I've known Bob, I think three or four years, maybe five. Like we, I know we'll get into this in the, in the second episode here, but Bob was part of a couple of DCs that uh, I led I really enjoyed getting to know him and his spirit for discipleship and helping and serving people
1: so that's kind of a context our interest in you too Bob and Michelle just the title of our podcast is discipleship conversations and I feel like I'm looking at two disciples of Jesus and have seen a lot of different things about your work that has uh, been reflective of, of the kingdom of God and it's uh, doing a lot of good work with people. So I met y'all as missionaries and I was always intrigued by the story I heard from others, but I also heard y'all tell a little bit. Uh, at there, Once upon a time y'all were just living normal lives in Denton as an accountant and a nurse. But when I met you, you're, you're church planters in Tanzania. How how did that happen?
3: Okay, um, so Michelle, why don't you start out a little bit about your early,
4: mm-hmm.
3: early ideas and calling okay. you might say.
4: So in ninth grade geography class, I was very intrigued with Africa. And I was Catholic at the time and I wanted to be a nurse, a nun in, Kath, in in Africa. And so then by the time I got to high school, I decided I really wanted to be married. So I wanted to somehow marry a minister and live overseas in Africa. And so I started school, I graduated, but well, moved from Catholicism to Church of Christ, and then met Bob. And kind of forgot about that in a way until it came up later on. So I'll let Bob conclude from there.
3: Yeah. So for me, I think since the early age, I just since I don't know, I just I grew up kind of just well, I don't know. Let me go back and think about that. So when after I became a Christian, I had some friends also in the Catholic Church, and I remember we always debated a lot about stuff, you know. <laughs> so I was kind of like a little debater kind of guy. And then in college, um, you know, we were. We met in college and we were both involved in a very evangelistic college ministry here at UNT a long time ago. So mm-hmm. that that um, evangelistic kind of fire was put in me lot by him
4: and and by me six months after my conversion. I was leading Bible studies in the dorm. And so it was just a very integral part of that group that we were in.
3: So, yeah, so, you know, we then we met each other, we got married, and then soon after that, we moved to, that was here in Denton, there were some things happening in the church. And so we went over to the current church we are now, Singing Oaks, which was probably around uh, 19, uh, I guess it would be 83, 83, yeah, 83. So when we got there, you know, we jumped in, we got involved real quick. I mean, we were both really involved kind of people. That's what we wanted to We wanted to get in, get to know people, serve and stuff like that. And uh but soon after we got there, uh, the preacher who was Don Browning at that time, um, he was coming back from a mission trip to India. And uh so we said, let's go down and be at the airport and greet him when he comes in. And so we did. And on the way home, we were riding in, I think we were riding in the same car as him, weren't we? Michelle, do you yeah, remember maybe. that car? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he was all excited about the trip, and so we said, and us and the Suttons were there, too, and there was another couple, and I guess I shouldn't name too many names, but anyway, and we just asked him, hey, can are you going to go back again next year, and can we go with you, and he said yes, and so that kind of, I think that right there was a very big start uh, mm-hmm. of our entry into missions, going on, planning for that trip, raising money for that trip, and then going on that trip to India, you want to say anything about it? It
4: was so fun going to India, seeing our brothers and sisters across the world worshiping the same God, but just within their own cultural context. And that was a very growing experience for being a new believer for me and seeing people t- teaching their children and the ways that they did that. And that just really made me want to see more of that and experience God in that way.
1: How, how long after college was that or was that while you were in college?
4: I graduated. We married in 81. I graduated from college in 82. And we did that in December of 83. And then we went to we were in Nigeria of 84.
3: Yeah. So at that time, so I, I'm five years older than Michelle. So I had already been out of college. I was still around the college group. I was already working as an accountant at that time. Um, so yeah, I had, I had been in the account by that time. Yeah, I, I graduated in 77. So I had yeah. been in the accounting field for five years at that point in time. Uh, I don't think I was too fulfilled as an accountant, um, but I still <laughs> like, accounting. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I like accounting. So yeah, that trip was amazing. Man, I have, so I, I often tell people I have so many images Uh, in my mind from that trip still to this day Mm -hmm. it was amazing you know we went out to we visited churches you know india has always been a place where it seems like christianity is growing and moving quickly and we visited lots of churches there were lots of baptism, and so man we just came home pumped up Mm -hmm. from that trip and really it started making uh, both of us especially me looking for other opportunities at that point
4: so we started looking for opportunities overseas where he could be an accountant and I could be a, a nurse where we were going to do a, a um, we would be able to like work with a company or a hospital or something. And so we're looking in the Christian Chronicle and we saw an advertisement in the back of the Christian Chronicle that they needed an accountant and a nurse at Nigerian Christian Hospital. So we went and we applied for this job in Nigeria.
3: Right, and I guess the strange thing about that story is, uh, yeah, I thought, wow, probably a lot of people wanted to get this job, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> and uh, so we went, up, we went up there and we talked to them, the board, and we we're kind of nervous and stuff. But anyway, we came away, and then soon after that, I said, "Hey, you got the job." But the two things about it that were kind of strange was, number one, I was the only applicant. <laughs> so, <laughs> And we had to provide our own support. <laughs> it wasn't a paying job. So, uh, so yeah. So we went back to church and, you know, they, and the church helped. It wasn't, we didn't need much money at that point. We were, just didn't have any kids and they were providing a place for us to stay on the compound. And they even we had a little car that we used too. So we didn't need hardly any, anything, but the church did help us a little bit while we were there. And so that was, we packed up everything. Um, we didn't sell everything, we sold a lot, but we packed up, stored a lot, and went over for two years while we were there, and then one of the comment before that, though, but still going back to your first, first point, yes, at this time still, at Singing Oaks, from uh, late 82, I mean, early 83 early till probably mid 84, we were, yeah, we were just like other people in the church, I mean, we were heavily involved in the young couples, we we're leading the young couples ministry, I would say, and uh, we're just—I don't know—I felt like we had our fingers and everything in some ways at that point. But it was super good. I mean, I—I I cre- I think that's really where I think singing oak got really behind us because we were there as a member who was really wanting to serve, serve God in lots of different ways.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. So Nigeria. Um, so say a little so bit about Nigeria.
4: While we were in Nigeria, I worked at the hospital, and then our firstborn was born there in Nigeria. And then near the end of our time, Bob would go out to the villages every Sunday. There were lots of preachers out there. It had been a work that had been there for many years before we arrived. So the preachers would come, ask him to go to the villages. He would go to the villages. I would put our newborn in this little flimsy jumper seat in the back of the car and drive for an hour alone and go teach Bible classes and things to the ladies. And then there were these World Bible School students who showed up. And if I remember correctly, there were like five students from five different villages. And Bob went out there, each one, and they planted a church, like within five months, all of these churches. And he's like, this is what I want to do.
3: Yeah, I think that the the main point I would take away from the Nigerian trip was, um, yeah, God gave me the confidence that I could do something beyond what I thought I could do I mean I just wanted to go I I knew I wasn't a preacher type really and uh I just wanted to go over there and kind of use my talents as an accountant and serve and but there man I think God opened my eyes that I can be used or we can be used in lots of different ways in a a different kind of capacity so that's that's I guess what I took away from that and even not uh Um, I would say India too was the same way to a certain extent because we had a lot of speaking and stuff like that to do there Mm -hmm. so we came back from that thinking whoa we got we can do something a little bit different here (laughs) you know so and that at that point we decided to leave the accounting field and leave the nursing field Mm -hmm. and um, look for what God wanted us to do so after, after we came back and after, you know, working a little bit in accounting again, it was tax season. That's when we decided, hey, God wanted us to continue our education. So we found Abilene and decided to move our family to Abilene. That was in 1987. And we spent two years there doing two things. Uh, working, I mean, educa- I got a, a degree, a master's in uh, missions. It was Bible and missions is what it was. So I was wanting to just, you know, crease my... Knowledge of missions and the Bible, and at the same time, look for people who were interested in missions and mm-hmm. form a team. Michelle, so, did you get a, a
1: degree in that time frame too? Or no,
4: I did not. And that time frame is kind of a blur for me. Um, we moved two weeks after I had our second child and um, left income and lived on savings for a while, and then the big blessing in that was that I was able to work part-time as a nurse in the hospital, but the accountant at Singing Oaks had found a mistake in that while we were in Nigeria, someone had been donating like $200 a month that never got to us, and so they started that $200 a month which pushed us over the edge. So I only had to work part-time as a nurse while Bob was had some other side jobs as teacher aides and things. And we were able to financially make it on that. So that was just a validation that even though it was hard with two babies and I wasn't able to go to school, which was my desire all that time, it was what we were doing, and that's what the Lord had for us in that. So that was really foundationally wow. continued to move. Yeah. Uh, and a little that's bit. Really cool.
3: about, no. A little yeah. bit of a side note on that, so you'll probably know, remember this, Stephen, is right around that time that, yeah. Well, no, maybe, oh, no, before you got there. We started a big building fund at Singing Oaks. You know, oh, we man. built that building in the back there where the offices are. But up to that time, um, I, I had been, we had been saving money because I had a different kind of ambition <laughs> in life. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to buy a franchise. I was going to, we were We were going to buy either a McDonald's or a Burger King. <laughs> I had no idea. So we were saving money to do that. It took a lot of money to do that. But in the end, we said, I'm giving up that and invest our money other places. You know? no, the
4: de- desire in that is because Bob wanted to be a manager of these stores and then mentor the people who were working with him. Yeah. And so he was we've always been trying to find a way to do this vocational ministry.
1: Yeah. and So, sure. yeah, and so I like- it's kind of some similarities there of, you know, having developing little organizations and people to mentor.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. true. that's true. Yes, and, that's true. And I like hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, how long then from Abilene did it take you to get to Tanzania where the bulk of your work was happening?
3: Yes. So, Abilene went, I mean, it was hard, but it went well. Yeah. And uh, we did meet people who were interested in Africa, uh, not West Africa. That was Nigeria. We were in Nigeria there for two years at the hospital. So, people we saw were more interested. In East Africa, and they already done some research about receptivity and stuff like that. So we had, like most missionaries, we had this idea: Hey, I don't want to go to a reached people. I, I want, I want to go where people haven't heard about Jesus. You know, that's probably yeah, God. yeah. And uh, so, I mean, the people we talked to, they said, "Hey, uh, Mark Berryman was one of the guys that had been, and others had, and uh, Phil Palmer. Mm-hmm. They had done research on the eastern side and Sukuma people, Tanzania, ninety percent unchurched." Uh, and they, and two of our tribe or team members, uh, potential team members had already gone there even said, so that's the place. And so we said, okay, that's great. That's where we want to go. So, man, we started having team meetings, a bunch of stuff, uh, exciting. And we were graduating at the same time, basically. But in the end, two of the four families weren't able to go. They had to, they had to drop out and, uh, which was man really surprising to us. And so, and and then right after that, I, I think it's right at that point that we came back to Singing Oaks, and the other family went back to their home con- mm-hmm. congregation. Mm-hmm. And right after that, the other family uh, had a big problem. Also, mm-hmm. you want to say that or no, no? Go ahead. Oh yeah, the other family, uh, the wife got cancer, and was having to go through treatment. So wow, uh, so it kind of put us in a little bit of a different, uh, a difficult position. But anyway, back at Singing Oaks. What happened there, that's where maybe Stephen, that's still before your time there, we came back to Singing Oaks asking them for support, support us on this trip. And uh, they were really open to it at that point, but like a lot of churches uh, at any time like this, they said, well, man, we just don't have, you know, we don't have a budget for that right now. How are we gonna do this? You know, this." Uh, so they said, okay, let's think about that. And uh, in the meantime, our campus minister just left, and we need an interim campus minister. So why don't you stay here as an interim campus minister uh, for a year while you try to raise money and we think about what you know, what we're going to do. So that's kind of how we started back at Singing Oaks for a year. And um, so that went well. The funny story here about the raising the money in the end, sing, Singing Oaks in the end came found the money to support us. And uh, that whole story of how that happens kind of strange. Um, I don't remember it like some of the elders, one or two <laughs> of the elders there remember it. But basically, they said, I mean, we, I the way I remember that is that we had this meeting and they said, um, I, I told them what we were wanting to do. And we and somehow the idea came around. OK, everybody, I guess it was the elders. Yeah, they said. Uh, we want everybody, it's in, there's two questions, yeah, if you're, in, they put out two questions, if you're in favor of supporting the Bentleys, check this box, and if you check yes, how much are you willing to support them, over and above the current budget, you know, and so in the end, I I remember that happening, is that, yeah, enough people, a lot of people said, yes, I want to support them, and they contributed what we needed, and it came up just very, almost right at what we had estimated we needed to go to Tanzania, I thought that was so cool. I mean, it was like a really God thing for me. But one of the other (laughs) elders remembered it a little bit different. They said we were in that meeting and uh, everybody turned in their cards and Bob was up there calculating it right there, how much we had gotten. And when and when he pulled up the total, he said, hey, this is not enough. Go back and do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Redo it.
1: (laughs) That's funny. You know, so, so y'all, so go ahead, Michelle.
4: I think going into the mission field fundraising is one of the scariest things. And I just want to say that that process of going out to smaller congregations around this area that we were connected to
3: for our one time for
4: our one time funds Moving. and raising money for missions was one of the most faith building experiences in my life. Wow. And it was very, very validating is the fact of we have support, so that when the things got tough in Tanzania, I knew that we had that some more support of our Christian community to be there, and that was wow. really good, mm-hmm. oh, especially wow.
3: at one a lot of a lot of small churches helped us, but yeah. especially at one place, then this small church helped us too. But there was a guy sitting in the in the audience who Pulled me aside later and was talking to me and was interested. And in the end, he is he was an elder from a church that had closed, or because I guess they had just kind of dwindled down, but he was in charge of some funds. And I remember him giving giving us at that point was a lot of money. Fifteen thousand dollars of our moving expenses just from that one source. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
1: your this journey uh is you have a dream in mind but and and you mentioned just a little bit with the the fundraising uh, as as a transforming experience itself of of growing a faith i just other things what what else is in your mind and your hearts as far as what i what we're doing uh the how the immensity of it uh the the absurdity of it the <laughs> The very different. I mean, this is not, I mean, we were living normal lives and this is not a normal life. You know, what what sense of like we're Jesus has really called us out of something that would be very different way of living? How did how did y'all what did y'all talk about? How do you get a sense of that?
4: Well, another thing was the fact that when we got married, he was a CPA and I was gonna be an RN and we were gonna make money.
3: Yes, and buy a Burger King.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know, we were going to buy a house and cars and have two kids and live happily ever after. Yeah. But then every job that we moved into after that paid a little bit less. (laughs) I'm so thankful for God's stepping stones and to make me realize, oh, we're not going to live that American dream. Uh And and, but knowing that we had so much support moved towards that to make that a foundational validation from God that that's what we needed to do. And we were we were obeying. And so that's what we needed to do no matter what.
1: Did anything along the way uh, at some point do you think maybe triggered a conversation of do we need to abandon this route Uh, that then you know, just overcoming it or that that made you grow stronger or was, was there anything that was deterring you or you were determined? You felt like you felt that called along the journey to stick with it.
4: I, I think for me, when we had our, we were supposed to have left in May and due to circumstances, we didn't leave until August. And there was some not really doubt about, whether we were supposed to go or not but it was doubt about how it was going to work and so we had had a vision and i feel like the evil one shattered that vision and made it move to something else and so that part was hard but i think underlying i never had doubts that that was what we were supposed to do
3: yeah Yeah, for me at that point i i was ready to go it alone and at that point and but man i think it would have been much more difficult alone just the two of us oh yeah in the end -hmm. we we definitely needed Mm -hmm. our teammates who did man god healed the the wife and they came a little bit later after we did and uh man worked together for eight years and and incredible work really and we were both very different uh both our talents i think were used in a good way together on that so that was cool um also for me uh, also another, another hindrance would have been yeah we had some resistance in our families about us going. And so that was a something that would have been could have been a little bit discouraging sometimes. Okay. Uh, but for me, the whole thing was like a progression. Some people come out of school and, man, or at a young age, they go to the mission field. I had a lot of friends that were already on the field before we got there. I think they know right out of high school, right out of college, man, they go in. For me, I'm a little bit slower than that. it was like a, it was a step process. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was no, no way I was ready to go coming out of college when I was 22 to do something like that. I needed more time. And so I think each step kind of built me up and gave me more confidence that God could do something. And, uh, and after I felt confidence, man, it was just, Hey, for me, it's full speed ahead. And, uh, yeah there may have been dangers and stuff like that there, but lots of times I don't think of the dangers. <laughs> I just do it, just do it. Think, hey, that was a little bit
2: dangerous afterwards. Bob, I'm glad you shared that just now because, as I've been listening to your guy's story it uh it seems to me like you've had kind of a very circuitous route to the mission field, but it's something that it sounds like you were always consistently moving towards. What are some of the ways that God was reinforcing that vision for you both over the years as you would go to Nigeria and come back, uh, work as an interim campus minister for a time, try to raise funds, try to to maintain this vision for longer term mission work? How was God reinforcing
3: that
4: vision for you both?
3: You want to go first to that one me?
4: You go ahead. Oh, I would
3: say, I guess for me... I don't know. Just maybe, re- like, kind of like what I've said is reinforcing, giving positive signs along the way. Probably that, uh, hey, this is this is going to work, uh, giving us success. I mm-hmm. think in different ways along mm-hmm. the way. Uh, even when we were doing things we didn't know how to do, man, I didn't know how to do the campus ministry, you know, and and it's kind of been that way. Even though we went and trained in Abilene. We, man, we really didn't know what we were doing when we got to Tanzania. Uh, uh, so, and maybe I would do it different now in some ways, yeah. probably, mm-hmm. probably would. Uh, but still, man, he gave us lots of reinforcement and along the way. And that's what it would be for me, I think. Mm-hmm.
4: I just, I just feel like the community of faith was huge. Um, it's true. Learning to... Have a relationship with God in my own trials um and not depending on being fed by other people was very big. Um I think that just the 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 material things about the money being raised and the the support was really big for me mm-hmm.
3: that's right and we yeah. and we've never lacked for money, even though we've even though we've been at times where things have been short, but, um, and our church has always been there for us and uh, helping us along the way. So Mm -hmm. God provided through that. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways
2: during this time that both of you learned to rely on God in new ways?
4: I think that definitely prayer time increased for me during that period of time, just laying it all before the Lord and, you know, there's there's seasons of that where it comes and goes. And I think that was a really good season for me of of um, having a, a better prayer time with the Lord, um, having a better, just consistent every day, more than just 15 minutes in the morning was very important.
3: Yeah, for me, I'd say, you know, I'm, I don't know, i I I'm more of a doer. I'm, I, I would place myself a doer kind of guy on in life, and I, I don't know. I just, I know I've always wanted to, you know, trust God more, rely upon God more. It uh, seem like I always revert back to doing, and God's helped me in that, being kind of obedient. Well, we're going to get to the you know, when I came, when we came back from Tanzania, when we came back from uh, Kenya, too, um, I kind of shifted my focus on more of a, you know, of a listening kind of person and working. I don't know, I kind of go, I kind of do go in circles sometimes. Uh, You know, I I was, when I got back to the USA, I thought, you know what, I want to work more one-on-one with people. Over there, I worked with these groups and, uh, I was always preaching to the crowds and stuff like that, but came back here and thought, yeah, I need, I need just be more relational. And, and so I think back here now, I've come back to, Hey, I need to, and, and getting into the cohort stuff. I need to be more intentional about those kind of things in my life, more so than I was, I think in Tanzania, even though God, man, he, I think God can work to people at different kind of times, different stages in life in different ways. Um, but still, yeah, that's what I'd say to that.
1: (laughs) That's really good. We could probably talk another hour or two hours just on the, the things that you learned in Tanzania and the work and, and, uh, the transition back to, uh, to the States and to ministry at singing Oaks. But I want to just end this, this episode here with, uh, just thank you for sharing the story of, of going, of getting in and moving from one station of life to another station of life and, uh, how we, how we do that through a sense of faith through maybe, you know, just an internal passion that starts, you know, for you, Michelle, from very young and it doesn't look the same as that vision, but it, 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 uh, it morphs along the way, uh, So I think this story has been really good just to kind of listen to how you've made each step and the struggles along the way and stuck with it. If someone wanted to ask you more about Tanzania or missions or how you got in or anything like that about just listening for God's call in your life, how would they get a hold of
3: you? Yeah, well, my uh, email or phone is fine.
4: We have a shared email account. We both have our individual accounts, but our shared e- email account is bentleys81 at yahoo.com. That way we would both get it and we could respond that way. Yeah, very good. It's
3: fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Hey, and, and I know you want to end this up right here, but just end it with a small story, a short story about one thing that kind of kept it made us know that we were in this mission field and god was with us doing things soon after we got to tanzania and i just purchased this expensive pretty expensive car back then and uh soon after we were there and i was driving out to the village and i got into an accident in that car and um just driving in the bush there wasn't any roads and there was high grass and boom i hit a stump and really damaged the uh Steering. The, the steering damaged the trans part of the transmission uh, in the front there and man, it just put the car out of commission uh, parts were few and far between back then. And he said I was going to have to wait months before I could get back out to the village. I was like, I was devastated. You know, how's that gonna? how how could I just ruin this new car? You know?
4: And I was going through a really hard time. It was ready to leave the mission field at that point. Mm. And so he heard that the car was going to be several months before it would be repaired. So I was like, all right, we're state (laughs) bound. I was ready to pack. And,
3: (laughs) And then, um, and I was on the when I was out traveling there, I was going to it was about an hour from the house or more. I was going to a new village there. He requested us to come at that point. And uh, so anyway, we got a call soon after that from the mechanic saying that, "Hey, we've been doing some cleaning around here, and we found uh, uh, strangely enough, we found the part that your car needs, And they were able to put that car back together very quickly, really. I think it we, was we, probably a week or two out of commission mm-hmm. there. Uh, and I thought that was just like an amazing thing to get that thing fixed. And and soon after that, I was in the village, back out, back out to the village, going to the same place. And uh, what we found was amazing on that way back out to the village is that the villagers had heard about what had happened. They had come out and they had prepared the road um, all the way. I mean, from that point where I got hit where I hit my car, they had leveled the road. They had cleared it out even through a little ravine and uh, so that I could come there and preach to them. And then we started a pretty good sized church there. Then it's still there even to this day. So, I mean, things like that and things like that happened to us. I mean, that was just a reinforcement that, Hey, God, God wants us here. And uh, that was cool.
1: That's great. Thanks so much for that story. Uh, And we're looking forward to talking a little bit more about some of the things you kind of alluded to coming back and uh, your ministry of listening and with the DC. So thanks for uh, listening to this episode. And we'll uh, come back with the next episode with another conversation with Bob and Michelle Bentley.
0: To this discipleship conversation. We invite you to share this episode and tune in next time for another conversation. We also invite you to subscribe and rate the podcast through your favorite podcast app. We'd love to hear from you. Send your comments and questions to media at missionalive.org. Check out the episode show notes and learn more about the podcast and other Mission Alive media resources at missionalive.org/slash media. Intro and outro music is by AudioNautics.com. Mission Alive works to bring about the holistic transformation of marginalized communities through starting and renewing innovative churches that address the most challenging issues faced by their neighbors. Learn more about what we do and how to connect at missionalive.org.